and a very warm welcome to Worship with Paisley St George's, even though it's a dark, miserable day out there. If you haven't already done so, why not take a moment to say hello to the folks around about you? The psalmist says, I, by your great love, can come into your house. In reverence, I bow down towards your holy temple. Lead me, Lord, in your righteousness because of my enemies. Make your way straight before me. Let all who take refuge in you be glad. Let them ever sing for joy. Spread your protection over them, that those who love your name may rejoice in you. We have come into the Lord's house. Let us rejoice in him. Let us sing for joy in St. George's Praise, Little Blue Book, number nine. Give me joy in my heart. Number nine from the Blue Book. Give me joy in my heart. In prayer, let's pray. Lord our God, we have gathered to worship you in this space, this sanctuary, whilst others join with us through the wonders of modern technology. No matter where we are, we come to offer you our worship, our praise, our prayers. We come to listen for your word and to share fellowship one with another. 
We come because you love us. You have created us. You have entrusted your creation to our care. You have sent us the gift of your son who gave up his life for the forgiveness of our sins. And you have sent your Holy Spirit to comfort and empower us. You have done all this for us through love. We recognize what you have done. We praise you for what you have done and are doing. And yet we still make mistakes, sometimes carelessly and thoughtlessly, sometimes because we put our needs before that of others. And so, Lord, we are sorry when we fail to love others as you have loved us. But we thank you that through the love of Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. And we pray that through the power of your Holy Spirit, we would be better able to love one another. And hear us now as we pray together in the words Jesus gave. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Morning, boys and girls. Is there anything special about tomorrow? Oh, what's special about it, Ben? It's Valentine's Day. I wonder what might be in my bag. Well, we'll look later. We'll look later, I think. So... So what do we do on Valentine's Day? What do we do, Haley? We show love to one another. Freya? We give presents to people we love. What do you think, Ben? Yeah. We sometimes send cards to people we love, don't we? I'm not going to ask if you've sent any cards. I don't want to. No. You haven't? Oh, okay. It's very nice to be told that somebody loves you and you, to tell someone that we love them. But should we keep it for one day? Should we just keep that for one day? Should we only tell folks at home that we love them on just Valentine's Day? No, I don't think so. Because everybody, we should say it often to the people we love. And everybody likes to be told that they are loved. God loves us. And it's good for us to tell God that we love him. We tell him that we love him when we sing our hymns and our songs and we say our prayers. But we shouldn't only say it, we should show it. And Jesus said, the person who knows my commandments, do you know what a commandment is? What is it, Haley? If you tell someone to do it, they should do, yes, a command, uh -huh. So a commandment is, if you like, a rule. So the person who knows God's rules and keeps them, that's who loves me. And do you know what Jesus told was the most important commandment? Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Love God and love your neighbor as you love yourself. And the person who said, who loves me, will be loved by my father and I will love him and make myself plain to him. Now, there is something in the bag today. I wonder what's in it. Have a look and see. Share it out. Hearts. That one says Ben. That one says Ben. Oh. Oh. That one doesn't say anything. 
That one does. Take the blank ones out as well, then. Take them. You got a blank. Keep looking. Just take. Maybe you could take the blank ones out and give them to people you love. You see a name. What? What name was that you picked out? You've got Alexander, right? Are we still missing? Found it. Found it. Right. So there we go. And you've got a heart with your name on it to remind you that God loves you. God knows each one of you and he loves you. And you've got some other blank cards there and you could maybe write the name of somebody on it and give it to them because God loves them as well. Okay? So we're going to sing of Jesus' love in from the blue book, Jesus' love is very wonderful, number 18, and there's actions in this one, remember? intimations are in the order of service but if I could just draw your attention to most of those the Connect Hub meets this Tuesday at the Outreach Centre from half past one until three o'clock there's a very informal half hour service of worship with tea and coffee followed by a time of fellowship currently the Connect Hub is meeting on the first and third Tuesday of every month and it's a good way of worshipping midweek. It's a good way of bringing along a friend or neighbour who would not normally go to church or who hasn't been for a long time. It's a good place to go if you can't sit in church for nearly an hour and a half pew. So there you are. And you get tea and coffee in the service. The Guild meets tomorrow evening at half past seven with a guest speaker, Graham Simpson, whose subject is Pioneer's Chocolate Heaven. Mm. This is one of the projects the Guild is supporting this year. Am I right in saying, Pat, that the Guild are leading worship next Sunday? Right, so next Sunday, the Guild will lead worship. So I'm looking forward to that, and I'm sure we all are. Uh, 
The, the Friendlier meets on Tuesday, 2 to 3.30, joined by the Rowanberries. So that should be a good afternoon. And finally, the Kirk Session is called to meet on Wednesday, the 16th of February, in the large hall here in Cossyside at half past seven. These are all the intimations. We turn now to our Bible readings, which will be read for us by Irene Woods. The first reading this morning is from the New Testament, from 1 Corinthians, chapter 13, verses 1 to 8a, and then verse 13. 1 Corinthians, chapter 13, verse 1. I may speak in tongues of men or of angels, but if I have no love, I'm a sounding gong or a clanging cymbal. I may have the gift of prophecy and the knowledge of every hidden truth. I may have faith enough to move mountains, but if I have no love, I am nothing. I may give all I possess to the needy. I may give my body to be burnt, but, but if I have no love, I gain nothing by it. Love is patient and kind. Love envies no one, is never boastful, never conceited never rude, love is never selfish, never quick to take offence, love keeps no score of wrongs, takes no pleasure in the sins of others, but delights in the truth. There is nothing love cannot face, there is no limit to its faith, its hope, its endurance. Love will never come to an end. And verse 13 there are these three things that last forever, faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of the three is love. The second reading is from the Gospel of John, John chapter 15, verses 9 to 17. John chapter 15, starting at verse 9. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Dwell in my love. If you heed my commands, you will dwell in my love, as I have heeded my Father's commands, and dwell in his love. I have spoken thus to you, so that my joy may be in you, and your joy complete. This is my commandment. Love one another as I have loved you. There is no greater love than this, that someone should lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends, if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is about. I have called you friends, because I have disclosed to you everything that I heard from my father. You did not choose me, I chose you. I appointed you to go on and bear fruit, fruit that will last, so that the Father may give you whatever you ask in my name. This is my commandment to you, love one another. The word of God for the people of God. Amen. Thank you, Irene. 
We continue in our worship by singing hymn 357, This is my will, my new command, hymn 357. of weeks ago we read, part, we read all, part of Paul's first letter to the Corinthians. We read the whole of the chapter that Irene read a wee bit from this morning. It's probably one of the most widely read passages being read at both funerals and weddings. But after reading a column in one of the Sunday papers last weekend, I felt moved to read it again. The column I read was about Valentine's Day and it was written with February the 14th approaching. And it said that companies from Marks and Spencers to Jewels and Next are offering anything from elaborate gift boxes to greeting cards for the entire class and balloons celebrating my first Valentine's Day. Sets of matching family outings, outfits are also on offer. Apparently families are preparing to make Valentine's boxes for their children. Hmm, okay. Think back. I remember when I was a teenager. Remember the abbreviations on the back of the envelopes? S-W-A-L-K, I-T-A-L-Y. Yep, there'll be lots more. And the silly rhymes inside, roses are red, violets are blue, sugar is sweet, and so are you. 
I suspect we all got caught up in sending cards with cryptic messages. But as I said to the youngsters, love is not just for Valentine's Day and the run up to it. So let's this morning take some time to think about love. Love, a four letter word that we use often. And I wonder just what does it mean to us? Remember the words Irene read, love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist in its own way. It's not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. Love, a four letter word that is sometimes banded about quite freely. A four letter word that is acceptable and used. Used sometimes without giving a great deal of thought to its use. At other times, we think very carefully before using it. Now, there are many words for love in the English language, dozens of words for many different kinds of love. But in Jesus' day, the Greek language had four different words for love. Eros was the romantic, emotional, sexual love. Filio was a deep friendship, affectionate, warm love. Storge, Storge was strong family love, the love that accepts unconditionally, that ignores flaws and faults and soon forgets about them. And then there was Agape. Agape was and is love for everyone, all humankind. And it was this love which Jesus shows to all of us and which he commanded us to have for everyone. Now, we've probably all experienced these four kinds of love as children, as partners, as parents, aunts, uncles, as friends and as Christians. On a personal level, what does love mean? And this is a wee bit more lighthearted. Do you remember the little cartoons of the boy and the girl and the phrase love is? Jim and I were given a tea towel as an engagement present with the words on it. Love means never having to say you're sorry. Well, we could probably discuss this at length with the two opposing views that if you love one another, well, you'd never do anything that meant you had to say sorry. Or perhaps it might be that because you love one another so much that your partner would forgive you anything. I would argue perhaps that love means always being the first to say sorry and to mean it. But let me share with you some other thoughts and images of these little cartoons with you. And most of these images are about love between people with whom we're very close. So love, well, love is not asking her how much her new dress cost. Love is washing his football strip and maybe the teams as well. Love, love is letting her do the plumber's work. And with that one, there's an image of the kitchen under six foot of water. Love, love is letting him tell his story his way. Love, love is sitting up all night with a sick child. Love is finding strength in each other when disaster strikes. Love. In the words from the musical aspects of love, love, love changes everything. 
hands and faces, earth and sky. Love, love changes everything, how you live and how you die. Love can make the summer fly or a night seem like a lifetime. Yes, love, love changes everything. Now I tremble at your name. Nothing in the world will ever be the same. Love, love changes everything. Days are longer, words mean more. Love, love changes everything. Pain is deeper than before. Love will turn your world around and that world will last forever. Yes, love, love changes everything. Brings you glory, brings you shame. Nothing in the world will ever be the same. Off into the world we go, planning futures, shaping years. Love bursts in and suddenly all our wisdom disappears. Love makes fools of everyone. All the rules we make are broken. Yes, love, love changes everyone. Live or perish in its flame. Love will never let you be the same. Love, love changes everything. Love, love changes everyone. Love will never, never let you be the same. And I know it's a love song written to, from one human being to another, but so many of those words can apply to the love we find with Jesus Christ. For when we love Jesus Christ, his love changes us. It changes how we see things. It changes how we do things. It makes it easier to love our neighbors. Love, love changes everything. Love will never let you be the same. And as Christians, the Bible tells us that love is unconditional. When you hear the word what, love, we've thought about this in quite a light-hearted manner. Most of us, we think of the word love, think of our partners, our parents, our children, our friends, our family. We think of people who are easy to love. They're easy to love because they love us back. But even as Christians, we have people in our lives that we don't like and that we might find it hard to love. And remember, the Greek word for this kind of love is agape, agape, this love for everyone. In Luke's gospel, we're told, as I said to the children, love your neighbor as you love yourself. And we're implored to love your enemies. Let them bring out the best in you, not the worst. When someone gives you a hard time, respond with the energies of prayer for that person. So let's just take a short while to consider how we as Christians might love our enemies, people whom we don't like. Luke seems to be the gospel to go to for messages, for Jesus says, if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? He goes on to issue this challenge to his followers, to us, but love your enemies, do good to them. It's not enough for us to love the people that are easy to love. We, as Christians, are called to love those who are hard to love. But how? How do we do that? Do we just put on a smile and make fake conversation until we can make the quickest exit? Well, Jesus loves us. And when we accept his love, we are changed. Jesus gives us the ability to love everyone even those we think we cannot love. So let me share with you five ways to love someone who's hard to love. Firstly, pray often. Every morning, ask God to help you see people through his eyes. 
He created each one of us. And it's his kindness that leads us to repentance, to saying sorry. And when we start to see people the way that God sees people, then we will begin to treat people the way God treats people. And if you're really struggling to love one person in particular, commit to praying for him or her every day. It's nearly impossible to hate someone if we're constantly asking God to move in that person's life. So pray. Secondly, humble yourselves. Let's remember, none of us is perfect. We can be hard to love too. So think when you're in a situation, think of how you would want to be treated in that situation and then treat others as you would like to be treated. And the ability to forgive anything and love anyone is a uniquely Christian characteristic. Thirdly, learn their story. Learn their story. Take time to talk to someone and to listen to them. For what if the reason that your neighbour jumps down your throat every time that you mention church is because he or she is mad at God or the church for something that's happened in the past? We're often quick to judge and quick to blame instead of taking time to understand others' backgrounds and how the past affects the people they are today. And there is a proverb about not criticising people until you've walked a mile in their shoes, that you know where they walk. Fourthly, forgive often. Yes, it's hard to forgive. It's hard to forgive people who hurt us. But when we don't forgive someone, then that causes us to become bitter and angry. And we can't love well from that place. So make a choice, a conscious choice to do, to forgive everyone. To forgive everyone and do that if you need to buy, well, do that by praying, by asking for God's help to forgive others. And then once you forgive everyone, we experience the freedom and the promises that God the freedom and the peace that God promises. And yes, I do know that that is much easier said than done. But let's never forget that through God, through the love of Jesus and the power of his Holy Spirit, all things are possible. And then fifth, finally, set healthy boundaries. Think about Jesus. Jesus healed lots of people, but he was only close to a much smaller number. Loving someone doesn't mean you have to be that person's best friend. We can love even the most difficult person by being kind, meeting their needs, showing them respect, hearing their story. Jesus said that people will know that we are his followers by the way we love. People will know that we are his followers by the way we love. Not by the words we speak, but by the way we love, by the way we treat others. And this ability to forgive anything and love anyone is a truly Christian characteristic. Loving people who don't love us back can feel a thankless task at times. But remember, we have Jesus. We have Jesus who can relate to that. Jesus loved us. Jesus loves us. He loved us before we knew who he was or before we came to know him, before we came to want a relationship with him. Jesus loves us. Jesus loved us from the very beginning. And we are who we are 
because of friends. And I spoke last week of friends who'd helped bring me to faith. So we're who we are and we've got to know Jesus because of friends and because of a God who never gave up on us. And if we're committed to loving others well, one day the heart to love folk in our lives, well, they'll be able to look back too and say the same. That little four-letter word, love, it appears 770 times in the Good News Bible. So it's there lots. So just to remind us of a few, there is the great commandment given in Deuteronomy, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. And reiterated by Jesus with the words added, love your neighbor as you love yourself. And then there are the words from John's gospel. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. And in Galatians, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. And in one of John's letter, there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear, because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. Love. Love is for every day. Not just Valentine's Day. Love. Love changes everything. God's love for us and our love for him. For we love because God first loved us. Amen. We continue in our worship by singing hymn number 622. We sing a love that sets all people free. Hymn number 622.
In a moment, the choir will sing the anthem during which our offerings will be brought forward, but we need to give Alan time to come down the stairs to the, either the piano or the keyboard, I'm not sure which. It's really good to have the choir back and being able to sit a wee bit closer to sing for us with their masks off. We do much appreciate your singing and your help in leading us in worship. And we appreciate the hard work that you put in on Thursday's rehearsing. <laughs> All right, Alan, thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Alan and choir. And now our prayers will be led for us by Irene.
Let's pray. Dear God, please accept our gifts of money. Give us, by your Holy Spirit, a willing heart and ready hand to use all your gifts to your praise and glory. Amen. Now our prayers for others. Dear Father God, open our eyes that we may see the deepest needs of people. Move our hands that they may feed the hungry, especially at this time, the starving people of Afghanistan. Give us guidance as to know how to do this. Make us aware of those who have lost their homes and livelihoods due to uncertain weather in our uncertain world. Help those who only know how to rule over others with cruelty and misery to see another way with love and generosity. Guide our local and national politicians to make right decisions and to show honesty and integrity in their personal and professional lives. Help us to be aware of those known to us who need comfort and support and to offer the simple things that most people need and to stand beside them in their difficulties. All these things we ask in the name of Jesus, our teacher and example. Amen. Thank you, Irene. We close this morning's service of worship by standing, if able, to sing from, Sto from St. George's Praise, the little blue book, We Are One in the Spirit. It's number 84. And remember the chorus, they'll know we are Christians by our love, by our love. Yes, they'll know we are Christians by our love. St. George's Praise, number 84, We Are One in the Spirit.
Let us go in peace. Let us go in joy. Let us go in love. And the blessing of the Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit rest and remain with each one of you and all those whom you love this day and forevermore.